everybody. I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And welcome to It Takes Two, a podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And welcome back to another Christmas episode. Yeah. And this week we watched Scrooged and A Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes, so two adaptations of Charles Dickens's um, A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, it's been a very heavy Bill Murray week for us because we've just watched a whole bunch of Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, yeah. It turns out Nick had never seen a Wes Anderson movie before, so um, we've done a little bit of a binge of Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Unfortunately, we probably won't cover any of those on the podcast, because as much as we love them, they're... Completely unrelated to any other movie. Yeah, they're all very unique, <laughs> so yeah. they're not going to show up on our list at any point, I don't think. So the main differences between these two movies is obviously Scrooge to set um, in a modern era... And then the Muppet Christmas Carol had Muppets in it, in a set time <laughs> accurate to the sort of era where, it, yeah. era where it was written. And yet, the one with the Muppets is the more serious of the two movies. Yeah. Yeah. Which is bizarre to me. It's a great movie, though. You say so. Well, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll compare our notes to see All my right. opinions All about right. it. All right. This, this might be the end of the podcast now. It's we not have... going to be the end of the podcast. <laughs> Um, so, as I always like to go with the beginnings of the two movies, mm-hmm. in Scrooge, it starts off with a James Bond-esque assault on uh, Santa's workshop, and then the six million dollar man himself rescues Santa with a minigun. Um, <laughs> just amazing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the Muppet Christmas Carol starts as a slow pan over a European-style village. They both start out with um, aerial shots from... They start out in the clouds coming yeah. down into... Which which I thought was interesting. Um, but obviously in Muppet Christmas Carol, everything's very bright. And it's, you know... Clearly, you know, this is London in the 17th century or whatever it's supposed to be. And yeah. um, it's all snowy, whatever. Whereas the other one, it's coming down over the North Pole. And it's all it's also very snowy, but it's very artificial which yeah. i guess is the the goal of it you've got santa and his elves and things but it's um you then find out it's a tv commercial and being shown to our main character bill murray who is um a tv executive or he's the, the president of the network yeah he's the president of the network frank something i've forgotten his last frank name. francis cross oh yes frank xavier cross frank xavier yeah that's right xavier where do i get francis from? frank frank is probably short for francis francis yeah. xavier cross just his partner calls him Lumpy, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, so yes, the the opening of Scrooge, other than when the $6 million man saves Santa, um, is everything I hate about Christmas. Right, it's the commercialization It's the commercialization, Christmas. yeah. And we're versus in the Christmas, Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, it's the fourth wall break. Yeah, yeah. Because in the Muppet Christmas Carol, we are led to believe that the great Gonzo is Charles Dickens. Yeah. So for the purposes of this movie, he's Charles Dickens. So there is a point later on where he uh, gets knocked out and Rizzo goes, Gonzo, Gonzo, I mean, uh, Mr. Mr. Dickens, yeah. Charlie. <laughs> um, yeah, so so for all intents and purposes, um, Gonzo is Charles Dickens for the duration of that movie. 
and he is our narrator. Yeah. Um, I think that the commercialization of Christmas was a good angle to go with for, oh, a, for a Christmas Carol movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, because obviously the purpose of a Christmas Carol is it's all about a person who is a money lender who is you know stealing from the poor and you know yeah. making people homeless, evicting them on Christmas. Um, so it is all about that you know power hungry, money hungry attitude yeah, yeah. and a president of a t- you know a tv network that's trying to capitalize on christmas yeah. is the perfect you know person to go through that same story um the next big differences that i noticed was uh, the dialogue in scrooge is way more adult even though it's like a christmas movie um yeah my favorite part is just that whole when they're going through who's going to be in because in Scrooge, the premise is they're running a live show. A live, a live broadcast of, of the story of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Which they never refer to by name in the movie because it's Scrooge. They call it Scrooge and yeah. they say based on Charles Dickens, Scrooge. It's like, hang on, Charles yeah. Dickens didn't write a book called Scrooge. Yeah. He wrote a book called A Christmas Carol. Um, there's two pieces of dialogue in that first sequence that um, crack me up. One was children love an acrobat. Yeah. And the second, now I have to kill you all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Now I have to kill all of you. Yeah, yeah. When when they, he doesn't like their yeah their uh, his the his pitch right. yeah yeah because their pitch is just sort of like here's a bunch of like clips from the show yeah like please you know join us for this special time of Christmas yeah whereas his idea is you've got to scare your audience you've got to make them think that they can't possibly miss this yeah know? so for an audience of you know families getting together he's got like guns on the street drive-bys on on the motorway um and people mainlining drugs yeah and uh in the Muppet Christmas Carol I was um given a whole bunch of singing from yes. both the movie and yourself <laughs> um true but yes i mean it's it's hard well in in my defense is it is it I your defense s- i started to sing the first song in actually honestly before we started watching it i kept singing the music from the opening yes but when the first song started came on i started singing along with it and then i said to you oh sorry i'll stop singing and you said well it's already in my notes so i <laughs> thought that was it you know a blank check for me to continue singing for the entire rest of the movie yeah it was just the fact that i was going to bring it up um <laughs> so yes bill murray is the the main protagonist in scrooge where you get a younger but he's still old michael kane in uh muppet christmas carol who plays there's only two real main human characters um him and his, his nephew? nephew yeah because yeah. even the murphy brothers murphy the, what what did I say? You said Murphy. Murphy. No, it's the, um, um, the Marley brothers. Marley, thank you. Yeah, well, because in, in, that's that's um, one thing about... Well, I mean, it's irrelevant because there's no Marley in Scrooge because he has his, his old boss instead. Yeah. But in A Christmas Carol, it's Jacob Marley as yeah. his business partner. But in A Muppet Christmas Carol, they added another brother so that they could have Stotler and Waldorf. Yeah. And they called him Robert Marley. Yeah. So his name is Bob Marley. Yeah. Um, so you've got Jacob Marley, the traditional character, and then you've got his brother Bob Marley. <laughs> the those two were almost my favourite Muppets. Yeah, Scotland Waldorf. Yeah. I mean, I think that's who we are a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, moving back through, <laughs> the 
there's some interesting pieces of like randomness that stood out to me in Scrooge that just make the movie feel more I don't know real it's not real but it's just the characters seem real yeah there's a lot of ad-libbing in Scrooge yeah there's a lot of improvisation um I, I didn't take down the exact quote but when I was researching it um they they made a the director made a comparison with um how what directing Bill Murray is like I've forgotten exactly what he said but it was basically about how you it's just you can't he will yeah. <laughs> he will go and do his own his own stuff and you just gotta hope that you get something out of it uh, going through what I mean by that is, uh, just in more detail, his boss comes down from the top floor and throws him this pitch that clearly shows that he's insane, where he is obviously paid for research to go through and watch what's happening, and it's, he's declaring to Cross that more cats and dogs are watching TV. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they have to start focusing on that audience yep. by adding more animals into their production. Yep. Do you want to know a fun fact about that? What? Those channels uh, now exist. There are. This is um, a note that was written added to the trivia in 2015. It said, Preston tells Frank that in America there are 27 million cats, 48 million dogs, and then quite seriously says that IBC needs to start gearing programming towards them. As of 2015, there are several dog and cat specific channels on Roku that supply dedicated pet programming based on scientific studies of what interests them. So that is legitimate information. But the whole point of the reason you use targeted programming is to sell targeted ads. Yeah. How do you sell ads to a cat or a dog? Um, I guess toys, maybe cat toys and yeah, dog toys. But that's still appealing to the human. That's also yeah, watching. yeah. But the human has got to, you know, the cat's got to be annoying the human trying to play with the toy on the TV to the point that the human goes and buys it. Because mm, I mean, cat food and things. There's definitely huge pet food companies that would pay for advertising those slots, but obviously yeah. the pet isn't going to know one food from another by looking at an ad. Yeah, it's not like children when you advertise cereal to them. Yeah. Um, the other thing that stood out to me is the fact that Cross drinks Tab and vodka. Right. I've never had Tab because it, I don't think that sort of, because this is 88, I think the movie's set in. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, I can check when it was made, yeah, 88, yep. Yeah. Um, I've never had Tab, so I have no idea how that would taste. Okay. Because there's a sequence where he has his first visit with the... The Harbinger of Doom, um, which is his old boss. Right. Yeah. He just drinks like a massive, basically 90% vodka with like splashes of tab, which most of it gets on the like countertop. Okay. Um, it's just, it stands out to me as just being a bizarre, bizarre combination of like alcohol. Okay. But yeah, just wanted to point that out, that it was tab <laughs> and vodka. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Whereas Eben, what does Ebenezer Scrooge drink in Muppet Christmas Carol? I don't think you ever see him drinking. The thing that I didn't <laughs> note down as a note about his consumption of food was uh, after he gets home after the end of the first his like work day. Yeah. Uh, which the comparison between uh, Cross and Scrooge is the man who's begging for his mortgage is his 
one of his executive team, which he just fires. Right, yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait, who was amazing, amazing in that movie. I love Bobcat Goldthwait in that yeah. movie. He's so good. Uh, it's Eli- Elliot something, Land something. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. Elliot is his name, though. He is eating bread and cheese, mm. which is a was a pretty staple meal mm-hmm. um, before the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. So that was actually really... It was either well-researched mm. or is mentioned in the book because I've never read the Well, Christmas everything is Carol. everything in um, The Muppet Christmas Carol is very well-researched because one of the other things um, that I have in my notes is um, it's one of the only... So I think... I've read the book, but it's been a long time. But they kind of hint at Tiny Tim being sick, but don't yeah. give any specifics. And most adaptations of the of the book have Tiny Tim just using uh, a crutch, and that's it. Yeah. That's the only indication there's something wrong with them. This is apparently one of the only adaptations of the novel where they actually show how sick he is. And what they have is they have him coughing a lot and getting weaker and coughing into a, a handkerchief and things yeah. like that. And it's indicative um, of either whooping cough or pneumonia which were both common ailments at the time that it set yeah so they obviously went what what could tiny tim have had at that time that would have killed him and looked you know looked into it um which is really interesting because they obviously were trying to be very period specific um the both the characters are huge pricks um, <laughs> which i've got down here as a note he is yeah. a huge prick yeah um but they're pricks in a different way yeah Scrooge is, from Muppet Christmas Carol, is very, like, money-focused, like, family doesn't exist. And you see that when he goes um, with the 1900-year-old child back to the his childhood where yeah. he's at school. And he's like, hey, there's my best friend. And then it's like him alone in his classroom. The principal's like, yeah, you know, kill everything in your life love whatever like business is the thing you focus on and yeah and it's even you know that when he's when they're showing him at the youngest that they show him um and the person who's his best friend or you know just the two kids come up to him and they're like hey you're you know you're gonna miss the train and the other kid's like no he never goes home yeah so he doesn't have anyone to go home to or he doesn't ever go home so what we see is that he is his christmas is every year or him alone in the school while the whole rest of the class has gone home to their parents it's interesting because in that sequence where you see the young Scrooge Ebenezer sitting there at his desk and everybody else just like leaving. Yeah. The way that the senior version of himself is justifying that is kind of twisted because he's like, oh yeah, this was the best thing. Like this is, this is the great, like, yeah. And you're just like, that's seriously messed up because even as an adult, he doesn't understand that that was doing serious trauma to him. Yeah. Um, Cross, on the other hand, his dad was a butcher. Yeah. And his mum was still smoking with pregnant with his younger brother. And, you know, gets handed, like, five pounds of veal as a Christmas present. Yeah. And then, but he does the same thing. He yeah, justifies, he justifies it, it. like, because, oh, that's, like, $50 worth of meat. Yeah, because him as a kid, he's really upset that yeah. this is what his dad has given him. But him as an adult, he's like, oh, you know, that was this much... You know, yeah. you know, and he's, he's saying what a great thing it was that he was getting veal as a Christmas present. On oh, Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, so the love interest in Scrooge, which is Claire, who's like this hippie chick, 
sort of like the kind of... She's not really a hippie. She's just cares about people. She gives them the Kama Sutra oh, yeah, smoking marijuana in the bathtub. That is, <laughs> for the 80s, that's a hippie. Okay. But, she's, but I mean, when you meet her in modern times, that's when you go back to the past. Yeah. When you meet her in modern times, she's just a nice person who's volunteering at a homeless shelter yeah. and, you know, trying to, you know, get people in need, the help they need at Christmas. Um, she just seems like a really nice person. Yeah. The, yes, yeah, so the, the, I really liked, in Scourge, I really liked the choices they made for the three ghosts. Yeah. You get the ghost taxi driver who literally drives them back in time. Yeah, which, which is a Back to the Future reference. Yeah. Um, so his, his was his old boss who, that scene, that, yeah. okay, I'm just going to jump backwards a little bit. Yeah. The scene where he holds him outside the window. So he pushes yeah. him through the window, it's but the really window doesn't well break. And he's stuck outside just gripping onto this, like, rotted zombie forearm. Yeah, and then he just... And he starts shredding through it with his fingernails and just his arm snaps off and none of it, none of it, like, that's why I love practical VFX because yeah. it looks fantastic now. Yes. Versus CGI, which... Yeah, so the the him going through the window looks a little bit dated. Yeah. But not a whole lot dated because it's a very simple effect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the practical effects of the, the zombie boss, and that's an interesting thing that obviously... In Muppet Christmas Carol, when you've got the Marleys, they're just as they normally are, but totally white and covered in shades. Now, that's a great effect, though, because yeah. they have them ghostly. So they've obviously filmed them and green screened them and put lower the transparency of yeah. it. But then they have the real chains yeah. as well. So Scrooge is getting caught up in chains that are actually physically there. Um, but they're just, you know, as they are, but white. Whereas in Scrooge, it's his his boss who was his old boss who has died and he's like falling to pieces zombie like yeah. coming back um, the mouse with the golf ball is... yeah yeah he's the because i guess the implication is that he died he on the got, golf course yeah because he, he said he was he was at the height of his life uh, he was surrounded by women and fame and wealth yeah. and was yeah doing a part and then was obviously and then he was just dead yeah, so it's so the implication is that he was hit in the head with a golf ball. Yeah, so hard that it was embedded in his skull. Yeah, so he he shows up in full like golfing outfit with his golfing bag and yeah. stuff, and then um, when he's doing something and you look at the back of his head, um, a mouse pushes a the oh, golf ball. I just ball. love the scene where he just he just pulls out like a ivory handled five shot little revolver mm -hmm. and just unloads on him and Bill Murray's screaming the entire time when yeah. we're shooting him. But not like a screaming like fear. Yeah. It's screaming like ah like trying to make himself feel more manly. Yeah, yeah. And he's just unloading at this guy and the guy is just making himself a drink. Yeah. Just totally Watch the Bacardi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like you can shoot me, just you know. Yeah. It's expensive alcohol. So yes, the ghosts of Christmas past is the cab driver. Um, I felt like it was Policino del Toro, but I'm wrong. Oh no, I absolutely not. I don't but know. It it's just, just he had that dude. sort of crazy. Like, yeah, it's it. There's a there's a whole TV trope of um, cab driver who's not what they seem. They do it in Ghostbusters as well. Yeah. It's another Bill Murray movie where it's they get in that Slimer. I think is yeah. the, the driver. Um, that's like a whole trope. Of you know taxi driver who's not what they seem, so he gets into the cab and it's this nutjob guy who drives him back in time. And it, but he's the ghost of Christmas past, and it's funny because then he shows him like he's got the 
the, the license, the taxi license, and it just says goes to Christmas Pass, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. Um, but yeah, so he uses the car to travel back in time, yeah. a la DeLorean. Yeah. Um, where he's in love with Christmas Carol. Um, it's a 1900-year-old child. She's so creepy. That's another practical effect done yeah. really well, because what they did is she is a Muppet, um, but they filmed her underwater and then superimposed her onto the live-action Makes sense. Shot. Yeah. So she is. So she is. That's what she looked like. But that's why you get that weird floaty thing. It's yeah. not. It's not. You know, CGI. That is just cloth and water yeah. floating around. So it's really interesting effect. Um, but she, once Scrooge touches her hand, they can fly. They fly towards this light, and he's like, "That can't be dawn." And then suddenly they're in his childhood. Yeah, and then obviously he touches on his love of his life which was obviously some sweet woman, and he's just like, no, money comes first. And yeah. she's just like, I don't care. Yeah, it's interesting, because it's um, Belle is her name, which actually in Scrooge, the taxi company is Belle Taxis, which is a reference to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so she... Obviously, they meet, they meet at a party, and then fall in love, or, you know, whatever, and... Yeah. Um, then it cuts to, you know, and she says there's another Christmas with this woman and he's yeah. like, don't, don't show me that. Please don't show me that. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to them. Uh, it's basically them splitting up and it's because they've been planning, I guess they've been planning their wedding, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they've been engaged for a year and yeah. she's just like, you know. They're engaged and they've been planning their wedding, but he's like, no, you know, I need more money, I need whatever, I need the business to improve. And she's like, well, you said that last year and he's like, yeah, and the business continues to be bad. Yeah. And then we have our lovely scene that is cut from the movie. Yes. So annoys me. Do you want to touch on that now? Yeah, I might as well. So I so I made Nick watch this because we have it on <laughs> Disney Plus. Made me watch it. Yeah, I know. I mean, but I said to you, you know, let's watch this. It's removed from it. Um, so basically, they removed it from the movie because audiences found it too sad. So it was in a, the version that I grew up with, but for later VA, VHS releases and for the DVD release, and now for Disney Plus. Um, they cut this scene from it. So the version that you see is them having this conversation, then she stands up and walks away, and that's the end, and everyone's crying. Yeah. Um, but in the original, and as, as they have it as a removed scene on Disney+, Plus, when she gets up, she sings a whole song, and then leaves. And then that's why they're crying, because of the song. Yeah. And it's really sad, um, because... The Scrooge of the time is is like just trying to walk up to her and then he kind of gives up and walks away. Mm. But at the moment... So the song is called um, When Love Is Gone, I believe. So it's her singing about how, you know... So he's saying like, you know, we'll do it next year, we'll do it next year, we'll do it next year. And then she said, no, the love is gone. Yeah. It's, this is it. There is no more love here, basically. Um, and at the moment then when he kind of just walks off, Michael Caine as modern Scrooge, older Scrooge, walks in behind her and does a duet with her about, yeah. you know, it was almost love, it was almost always, you know, and all these things that it could have been. And then he just starts weeping and it's so sad. It's just so sad. What did you think of it? Because that was the first time you'd seen that scene. Um, yeah, since the tone, obviously a lot heavier. Yeah. But as a Muppet movie, I can understand why as a 
because we like to sugarcoat everything these days, and that's why I'm starting to. That's why mainly I don't watch kids' movies. Yeah, well, they're. Well, movies that are aimed at a young They ha- really don't sugarcoat things in the Professor Carl. Yeah, but that's the thing. Without. With, if you'd put that scene back in, yeah. the movie is 100% better. Yeah. Because it is way more heavier, way more punchy, yeah. it's way more and, the, and they are apparently going to put it back in because yeah. they've found... Brian Henson has announced that he's found the original negatives and they're going to reinstate it back in yeah. the movie. So that's fantastic. I thought was, I had hoped that that would be the case by now, but mm. it hasn't happened. Um, but genuinely, apparently, most people consider... Muppet Christmas Carol to be the darkest and most upsetting movie adaptation of A Christmas Carol. And therefore the best. <laughs> but it's because of that song, um, it's because of them showing Tiny Tim being really sick, um, yeah. because of the song Bless Us One and All, which Tiny Tim sings. Um, and then The Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come is so creepy, but we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but there's even a moment in it where, where Rizzo turns to Gonzo and is like, what about the children in the audience? He's like, it's culture. Yeah. You know? <laughs> It's good. Um, yeah, so they both... So in both movies, they meet their lover interest at Christmas yep. uh, related to a Christmas party. So yeah. um, in Up a Christmas Carol and also in you know the, the book of A Christmas Carol, Scrooge meets Belle at um, Fozziewig or in... I think the book, his name is actually Fizzywig. So it's yeah. funny that they just went, well, it's close to Fozzie. Let's put Fozzie in that role. Um at, who is his old boss they meet at a Christmas party at, at his old workplace um, and then fall in love from there whereas in Scrooge it's, he's also at a party that his old boss is doing so his old boss in Scrooge is playing the role of both Marley and of yeah. this fizzy wig I think it's fizzy wig in the book I should have double checked that before we started recording that's fine okay. um, and then it's when he's on his way home or when he's leaving because he decides he doesn't want to stay there um Bumps Claire, into yeah. Claire, who's Claire, coming out of the stop and yeah. smacks him in the face, and then that's yeah. Why so she opens a door of a shop and hits him in the in the forehead. Yeah, that's why he gets the nickname Lumpy. Lumpy, yeah. Um, Claire as a character, because you get a lot more for, about her than you do with Belle. Yeah, is such a better person than he is. Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't know why she got back with him in the end. Yeah. There is a note I put at the end of the Scrooge thing that I will talk about eventually. Okay. Uh, near the end of this. The, yeah, the ghost of, Christmas, ghost of Christmas Past, cab driver versus a child. Yeah. Um, ghost of Christmas Present is a fairy who just beats the shit out of him. She's so good. Apparently she actually, that moment where she pulls his lip down, yeah. she actually tore his lip and they had to stop filming for three days while it healed. Makes sense. Um, yeah, she just goes to town on him and shows him um, his brother, who's having like a like a nice family get together, which she was invited to. Yeah. Um, and Grace, who I haven't talked about yet, Grace is his assistant, um, a woman of color. Yeah. A single mother of multiple kids. Yeah. Um, and there's a sequence. I don't think it was there, or might have been in that sequence or later on, where it's talking about. Oh no, he does. He asks why her son doesn't talk. Yes. Yeah, so at the beginning of the movie, we get a, a moment with Grace where she says that she's not working or she's leaving early because she has to get her son to the hospital or to a doctor. doctor yeah. And he's like, no, if I'm working there, you're working there. And she's like, but I book the appointment months Once in advance. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of go, okay, there's something up here that her son needs a doctor's yeah. appointment that's booked months in advance. Yeah, he's the tiny terminology. In yeah, this. and she's Bob Cratchit. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, Grace's husband was killed, and it was in front of the, the boy. The boy, and that's why he doesn't speak. Yeah. Um, which is a severely dark tone for a Christmas movie. But yeah. then you know we just had the scene before that, which I hadn't mentioned, but I will mention now, which was Christmas nibbles. Um, the Christmas tipples. And that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, <laughs> the yeah, then he when he comes back to reality from his like trip from part uh, from present, he's underground with. I don't remember who the character was. Was was some of the ho- the homeless person he'd met when he went to yeah. The... So that's um, is that like when he finishes being the present or Christmas? Yeah. Oh yeah, that is yeah, Christmas yeah, present. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, where he sees the where he sees Tiny Tim. Well, yeah. not, um. I've got his name written down. I should say I was like I thought I could remember. Grace's son, whose yeah. name is as you quickly scroll. <laughs> Calvin. Through. Yeah, because yeah. his name is Calvin Cooley. Yeah. Because he's named after Calvin Coolidge, who was known as the Man of Few Words. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So when he finishes his his trip through the the Ghost Christmas Present, he wakes up in a sewer, and um, a homeless man that he saw earlier on that had asked him for two dollars, and he said no. There's a sucker in there. Go talk to her. Yeah. Basically, um, he finds him frozen to death in the sewer. Yeah, which is also very dark. Um, obviously, that role in Muppet Christmas Carol is Bean Bunny, um, who doesn't freeze to death, thankfully, but you do see him in the newspapers, yeah, like yeah. shivering, and yeah. um, I think <laughs> I don't think they could have gotten away with getting a Muppet to freeze to death in the no. movie. It would have been a little bit more upsetting. Uh, so he escapes from the sewer and then he's just instantly back on their set where they're rehearsing. Yeah. Um, but going back to sort of in the Muppet Christmas Carol, everything sort of happens in the hours of darkness. So there's no like switchback. Yeah. Whereas uh, in Scrooge, it's happening at noon rather than. Yeah. So in no. Muppet Christmas Carol, it's 1am, 2am, 3am. Yeah. And in um, Scrooge, it's noon, I guess it must be 1pm and 2pm. Maybe. Um, um, it's the time, yeah, it's hard to tell when it's sort of New York because it's always brightly lit and he keeps going from places. The, the scene where he starts hallucinating right before he gets visited by the first ghost is hilarious. Yeah, where he's in the, the restaurant with the... His boss and the, the assistant that his boss has hired for him. Yeah, so the, the boss hasn't told him yet that he's hired the assistant, yeah. but the, you first meet that guy because that guy is, he comes out of the elevator to talk to him. He's like, oh, we met you at this thing. He's like, I'm going to go talk to the bo- the big man because yeah. I... He's friends with my dad or something, and that's when Bill Murray just goes, uh-oh, they're going to replace me. Um, so, yes, yeah, so then they're in a restaurant together, and um, he, he hallucinates an eyeball in his drink. and The, the waiter... They on fire. The waiter is so good, though, the waiter yeah. that's looking after him, because he's just, like, accepts it. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir, I'll take that away. And then he's, like... And then he's, he's pointing at the other waiter who he's seeing is on fire and he's like no sir that's a baked Alaska it's a dessert you wouldn't want that I mean you know <laughs> he's being so kind to him like I would have tipped that waiter so much um, like just what a good guy the sequence after that uh, for Scrooge gets a bit squirrely so I'm going to move back to uh, well we haven't talked about so we've talked about Ghost of Christmas past in both movies and Ghost of Christmas Present in Scrooged, but not in Oh, Ghost yeah, yeah that's, that's where I was going. Um, the, yeah. He's, again, it's showing, uh, showing the fact that the family Cratchit is full of love and happiness, even yeah. though their son's really sick. Um, but, um, I mean, can we talk about that ghost for a minute first, though? Because oh, I think the, the he's giant. so well done. Yeah. 
Um, he's a, a little absent-minded spirit. Yeah. No, he's a large absent-minded spirit. Yeah. Um, but no, the fact that they keep him as he only exists on Christmas Day and then he's gone, and it's like he's because he's the ghost of Christmas present, he's always in the present, so he keeps repeating himself and forgetting what he's just said and forgetting what he's just done. So he's, when he introduces himself first, he introduces himself like three times. Mm. And then when they go to Bob Cratchit's house, he's like, that's Bob Cratchit's house. And then Scrooge's like, that's Bob Cratchit's house. And he goes, is it? How yeah. do you know that? <laughs> um, and the other thing they do is every time you see him, they add more gray hairs to his beard and yeah. hair. Yeah, he's getting older. So the, throughout the whole sequence, he's just getting older and older. And then he just, he's like, I'm, that's it. I only live for one day. Yeah. I had 2,000, you know, brothers and sisters before me. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really interesting, but it's also you know he's introduced as this really lovely character that you love and you want to get along with, and then and Scrooge starts to get along with him, and then he's like, well now I'm dying, and yeah. Scrooge is like no. Um, but yeah, but the stuff he shows them is similar stuff. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's the Cratchits and his his nephew, and basically everyone enjoying themselves despite his negativity. Yeah. And it's not really hatred; it's a dismissal, really. Yeah, doesn't yeah. care about anything other than himself and money. Yeah. Um, which is basically what these stories are about, showing someone who has the ability. This is this is my take anyway. Some other people might feel differently. But it's showing someone who has the ability to change a lot for a lot of people. Yes. And that's why they get a redemption, because most people who are bad guys shouldn't get a redemption. Yeah. You don't get a James Bond movie with a Bond villain at the end. It's like, oh no, I've changed my mind. I do think Ebenezer Scrooge seems more worthy of a redemption than Frank Cross. Yeah, 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 because he's still a prick. Because I think Ebenezer Scrooge is is just very focused on one thing, whereas Frank Cross is actively being mean to being cruel to people. Yeah. Like, the way he treats those homeless people is horrible. But then again, Scrooge throws, you know, the bean... Or he, you know, throws a wreath at Bean Bunny and he throws Bunsen and Honeydew and Beaker out of the place when yeah. they try to ask for a charity donation. Is it, um, when he's talking about evicting people on, on, on Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. You can gift wrap them if you like. Yeah, or, yeah, gift wrap the eviction notices. Yeah, so, I mean, there is a, a level of cruelty there, but I feel like Frank Cross is more actively wanting to be cruel, whereas Scrooge... For Scrooge, it's like a side effect of him being focused on money and thinking, well, you know, he's got that mindset of, well, if they want to not be poor, they can just work to yeah. not be poor, which yeah. is not how the world works. And it also shows what happens to you if you just focus on that because he's literally a horrible old man with nobody. Yeah. And, and I mean, I know, you, I know you're not the biggest fan of all the songs, but the songs are great in Muppet Christmas Carol just for introducing characters because obviously um, Scrooge, the opening song, is it tells you about his character. It's yeah. how everyone else views him as, you know, Mr. Skinflint and all this and, you know, all the, all the things that are wrong with him and how he doesn't care for anybody and whatever. You know, you get a really good picture of what he's like as a person and how others view him from this opening song. Yeah. And then when you get One More Sleep Till Christmas that's your proper introduction to Bob Cratchit because you've been kind of introduced to him before then as, you know, um, an assistant to Scrooge. But that song is where you see his optimism and his, his kind-heartedness and, you know, 
there's no such thing as strangers when a stranger says hello, that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, it's it's just really good introductions to the characters through song. The one thing I will take away from the first song of the... No, second song of the movie um, was the skating penguins is a rabbit hole that I'm not going to go down. <laughs> but penguins don't exist in the Northern Hemisphere. No. Um, so we're just going to move on from that because <laughs> I was thinking about that for way too long. <laughs> And so we're they were singing fruit. They're singing fruit in that movie, and you're, there's you're fruit worried. In Europe. There's no <laughs> penguins in Europe. I'm sorry. Sorry, kids at home. No <laughs> penguins in the Northern Hemisphere. There are in zoos. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, the sort of Ghost of Christmas Past are both sort of portrayed by a Reaper esque character. Future. Ghost of Christmas Future. What did I say? Past. past. Yeah, future. Sorry. Yeah, so in, in Whipple Chris Crawley, he's the ghost of future yet, or ghost of Christmas yet to come. Yeah. And then the other one, he's ghost of Christmas future. Though it's interesting how he shows up in Scrooge, because um, in Scrooge, Frank meets the ghost of Christmas future, as in the person dressed up as that for the yeah. for the show, first in an elevator, and he's like, whoa, whoa, and then they're like, stop scaring Frank, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then when the sh- the show is on and he's up in his office and you've got, he's got like nine screens or 12 screens or thing behind him showing, they're all individually showing the show and then this ghost starts to come across all of them and yeah. it's so good. But then he's he's like reaching out for him and then he's interrupted because Bobcat Goldthwait shows up with a shotgun. I love that whole sequence with him. It's um, so good. Because he just goes to town on him with a double barrel shotgun. And yeah. it's just that scene where he's like crawling, trying to hide in a glass table, and he just pops around the corner when they both each each reach the end of it at the same time, and you just see a close up of Bob, uh, Bobcat's face with the shotgun barrel pointed straight at the camera, it's... and he's just like, "Hello, rabbit," and you're like, <laughs> "Yes." <laughs> he's so good because we do get a whole the whole way through it. We get a subplot of what his character is going through, what Elliot yeah. is going through. So obviously, he gets fired at the beginning. His um, wife leaves him. His wife leaves him. He becomes homeless because he's kicked out of his house. Uh, he starts drinking. and there's the scene, trying to. Yeah, there's a scene where he's like drinking alcohol in the street and um, a car splashes water up in his face and then the bag rips and the bottle falls on the ground. Yeah. And it's, you know, um, and it's just really, you know, really upsetting. So he just starts, within 24 hours of being fired, he just has this total mental breakdown because his whole life is gone. Yeah. Everything has been taken away from him by Scrooge. Or by, sorry, by Frank. Yeah. Um, which is why he then just shows up with a shotgun in in his office. And it's fantastic. So yeah, so it's the same, um, same sort of flashbacks for both characters. Well, flash forwards. Flash forwards, Flash yes. forwards for both the characters. Um, the only difference is that Tiny Tim dies... Versus uh, the Calvin is Calvin. institutionalized. Yeah, um, both ends up in his death, and so basically, it's only his nephew and slash brother. Yeah, slash brother yeah. So, there. so um, Frank's brother takes the place of Scrooge's nephew. Yeah, uh, the sequence where he's in the Frank is in the coffin and is pushed into the incinerator it's and you go so... from the outside to the inside. Yeah, it's so good. He's like trying to grab the coffin as it's going in. He's like, "Don't burn me! Don't burn me!" And then he wakes up. In, in the, the coffin, coffin, burning alive, yeah, and like just screaming at them, and they're obviously you know have no idea because they can't see or hear 
him as the ghost version, but yeah. he, it's quite brutal that he's being burned alive in that coffin. Yeah, but there's a great fear. Yeah, and then he wakes up again in the elevator. So he had to go into the future, he had fallen into the elevator as he was yeah. trying to get away from Bobcat Goldthwait, and then he wakes up coming out of the elevator again, and then he's like totally crazed and like, yay, everything's great, and, and Bobcat Goldthwait's character is, is terrified. Uh, but then he kind of uses him as his assistant, as Scrooge does with Bean Bunny in Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. He gets him to go buy the turkey and etc. And said he holds up the the production crew inside the yeah. control room and makes him, while well, he runs onto set, to basically have a crazy moment, which is the singing and dancing and the, through the streets yeah. that Ebenezer Scrooge has in Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, and said he does it live on TV and they're trying to fire him. It's just uh, that, that sequence where it's just like, no, it's all the guy's idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Claire comes back and then they have like this big singing moment. And yeah, then... and um, Calvin gets this tiny Tim moment where yeah. he walks up to him and because he, he's like, did I forget anything? And he's like, oh, you know, he, he pulls on his leg and he's like, oh, did I forget something, big guy? And he goes, God bless us, everyone. Yeah. And it's the only thing that kid says in the movie and then everyone's amazed that the kid has spoken. Yeah. Um. Which is obviously a tiny Tim line, anyway. But it's interesting, one of the interesting things I found about Scrooge is, obviously it's all set along the same time as this live broadcast. Yeah. So they keep having things happen at the same time. Um, like, you know, he... I think he comes out of the... He appears in the set at the same time that the Ghost of Christmas Past has just finished or whatever, yeah. and there's... You know, sequences where you get Calvin sitting watching Tiny Tim scenes on yeah. the thing, and when he falls out of the elevator, it's Scrooge opening the window in the in the TV. Show, you know, so yeah. it's there's a lot of parallels that they really want you to make by having it happen in their live broadcast at the same time as happening to him. Yeah, which is interesting. I think they're both thoroughly enjoyable movies. Yeah, um, I'm not a huge Muppet fan. Shocking. Yeah. Um, I wonder if either of us are a <laughs> I wonder. I wonder that's, who could sing every single song off by heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's was... legitimately why I have Disney Plus. I got it so that I could watch them up at Christmas Carol. Okay. Seems inexpensive. We well, I got it. So, so I got the I got the seven day trial to watch Love of Christmas Carol. Seven times. No, no, just a seven-day trial, and then my parents that year for Christmas were like, oh, well, if you really want Disney+, Plus, we'll give you a year of Disney+, Plus." that was their Christmas present that year for me. Yeah. And then the following year, I was like, yeah, I'll just renew the subscription. But, I mean, at that point, there was all the Marvel stuff and the Mandalorian yeah. and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But initially, I signed up for a seven-day free trial so that I could watch them up at Christmas Carol. Because I love that movie. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I was thinking about it as we were watching it. I think it's legitimately one of my favorite movies of all time. I just don't think about it when I'm thinking about favourite movies because it is, you know, a, a seasonal movie. It's a Christmas movie. I don't tend to watch it outside of the season. Yeah. Say so don't tend. I have done. Yeah. Um, but mostly I watch it around Christmas and then don't watch it again for the rest of the year. But it doesn't feel like Christmas to me if I don't watch The Muppet Christmas Carol. Did we watch it last Christmas? I think we did, yeah. Because I, I made you watch Die Hard. Yeah, Which yeah, that a, was it. You got me to watch Die Hard and I got you to watch Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. I mean, I do like Die Hard, though. Yeah, it's a superior Christmas movie. But that was our, our, our trade-off. Yeah. And I think we watched the home, both the Home Alone movies as well. Yeah, we did, which is thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol is 
don't know. It's it's a particularly special movie to me. And I think it's largely made as good as it is because they keep it so serious. Yeah. Like, Michael Caine said, you know, when he said he'd do it... I say when he said he'd do it. I discovered from researching this that he literally, like, tracked them down and was like, I want to be in this movie. <laughs> um... But, uh, yeah, but he, one of the things he said was, I will not be having a laugh. I will not be going, like, wink, wink and doing Muppety things. He yeah. said, I will be acting Playing in this. character. Yeah, I will be character. acting in this as if I am acting for the Royal Shakespeare Company. Yeah. And they said, perfect. Yeah. And they, it is perfect. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he takes it so seriously is part of what makes that movie great. Yeah. But the whole adaptation is serious. Like, the Muppets are all played seriously. You know? As you can. As you well get... Riz, Rizzo is your main comic relief. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is... Um, so Gonzo is played pretty seriously, but because Rizzo is the comic relief, Gonzo gets a little bit of comic moments as well. Yeah, there's a lot of slapstick humour in there. Yeah, but when you get to the part with the Ghost of Christmas Yes to Come, they say, this part's too scary for us, so we're going to leave you on your own. And yeah. it means that they are removing the comedy from it. They're yeah. very actively removing the only comic part of it so that you are left with this serious, frightening, you know, this this spectre who is totally silent and really scary looking. Yeah. Who brings Scrooge to show him, you know, the Cratchit family all crying and no Tiny Tim and then his own grave and there's just this dark music. The, just the tones of the film change, like it goes into real dark blues, dark lighting. They do that right at the beginning as well because... That opening sequence is all lovely, bright, you know, bright lighting and bright snowy stuff and all the everyone, all the Muppets and the humans getting along together in the streets and stuff. And then um, when Gonzo's telling the story and then he says, like, screw, just coming around that corner right now. And we're just like, where? There? When? Now? And then it cuts to the opening beats of that song, but also a Dutch angle of Scrooge looking really sinister with the lighting changes, the colours yeah. change, everything changes from the second he walks on screen. So it was really well done just in terms of cinematography. Um, I just love the movie. Uh, yeah, I've got nothing to follow up on that. Um, I have no argument for or against what you're saying. <laughs> I think I just think it's really good. Apparently it's one of the very few Muppet movies where they list um, the starring roles and which characters the Muppets are playing in the opening credits because yeah. most of them they don't do that yeah um this is the the michael Caine bit i just thought it was really funny so part of the reason why he did it is because he he at the time his daughter was seven years old mm -hmm. and she had never seen him in a movie because he had never done a movie that a seven-year-old could watch yeah so he wanted to be in a children's movie and he was looking at the idea of being in a children's movie in general um but he also had missed out on getting a guest role in The Muppet Show uh, because it was shot in the UK while he was living in the US at the time. Yeah. But a whole lot of his friends went on it. Um, Sir Roger Moore, John Cleese, Peter Sellers, Sylvester Stallone. And they'd all told him that they had such a huge amount of fun appearing in the show and that it would give them extra kudos with children. Yeah. And then the film was greenlighted in 1991, right after Michael Caine had moved back to the UK. So when he heard it was being filmed in London, he insisted as agent badger the jim henson company until they agreed to meet with him Fair. and then when they finally called him called him up he was cast like within weeks well. <laughs> um because he was like no no i'm gonna be in this movie 
Um, and apparently he watches it every Christmas. All his grandchildren have seen it. He loves watching it. It's his one of his favorite movies that he's been in uh, to to watch back. Yeah. Which I love to hear because I mean a lot of actors say like they don't like to watch their own movies. So it's really nice, you know, to have Sir Michael Caine being like, yeah, I love watching myself on The Muppet Christmas Carol. It's one of the best movies I've ever did. Um, you know, and his daughter was able to watch it. His daughter yeah. was finally able to watch him in a movie. His grandchildren have all seen it. Um, it's just really nice. Also, the first Muppet movie where Kermit the Frog wasn't the lead role. Um, box office-wise, uh, Scrooge... I was just going to ask. Yeah. yeah, so Scrooge, the budget of Scrooge was $32 million and the box office was $60 million. Yeah. For Muppet Christmas Carol, budget was twelve million, and the box office was thirty two point five million. Yeah. But um, it suffered in box office because it came out at the same time as Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Oh wow! Yeah, that's so it was competing. Yeah, hard to compete against. So it was competing against Home Alone Two and still made thirty two point five million yeah. in the box office, which is pretty decent. Yeah. Um, but you know, I imagine it would have done. It would have made way more than that at the time if it had. You know, didn't have that that level yeah, of competitor yeah. against it, but I guess that's the risk releasing at Christmas anyway, because yeah. obviously a lot of people like to release. Um, it was also obviously, which I think most people know, but then again, I don't know what our audience base is like. Um, it was the first Muppet movie after Jim Henson had died, yeah, and after Richard Hunt had died, so it's dedicated to them at the beginning. Um, but apparently, Steve Whitmire took over the role of Kermit said that he was really nervous about taking over the character. Um, and the night before he recorded Kermit's songs for the movie, he had a dream that he met Jim Henson in a hotel lobby and he told him about how, how unsure he was. And in the dream, Jim Henson reassured him that the feeling would pass. And when he woke up, he felt confident. Oh. So that's really sweet. He's real nervous about taking over and then he just gets a dream about um, Jim Henson being like, no, that will pass. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for this Christmas. Um, yeah. We've had ups and downs, as you can tell from last week's episode, and then this week's episode. I think last week's episode, I just, I was filled with um, yeah. all sorts of hostile feelings. <laughs> this is the reason we're doing two Christmas episodes. Yeah. It's so that one of them, I can torture Nick, and the other one, we can both enjoy ourselves. Yeah. We can watch enjoyable movies. Which, which one was which? <laughs> <laughs> I joke. You like the Muppets, yeah. really. Okay. <laughs> we'll just have to watch more Muppet movies together. I like what the Henson Company did with Farscape. Yes, you do like Farscape. Yes. And they were all Muppets. Rigel is a Muppet. Mm-hmm. Puppet is a Muppet. Pu- puppet. Pu- Pilot is a Muppet. Puppet is a Muppet. Yeah. Pilot is a great Muppet. Yeah. Um, but yes, wait, this isn't necessarily about Farscape. No. Though I do, I just love the Jim Henson Company in general. Yeah. Maybe we'll find something that we can compare it to, like Labyrinth or something. Just do a more Henson episode. I don't think there is anything. No, probably not. No. Unless we did, like, Pan's Labyrinth and <laughs> that would not work. Yeah, Labyrinth versus Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> that would be an interesting combo of movies, but I don't think it would work for the show. Yeah. But if anyone has any suggestions of Jim Henson movies that we did compare to other properties... Yeah, please let us know. Yeah, I'd definitely like to watch more Henson movies. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at it takes two underscore pod and on Facebook at it takes two pod uh, or visit our website at it takes two.co.nz. Which is a fantastic New Zealand based yeah. website. You've got a lovely New Zealand domain. Yeah. Thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>